I say, let's just start this thing. Let's let's just let's just roll right into it. Let's. <laughs> We've already started. We've so already started. It's Rooster Road Trip. Day one is in the books. The sun has set. We've eaten. Uh, we meaning, I'm your your semi regular co host Anthony Helk with Pheasants Forever, uh, Andrew Vavra. We're all at Pheasants Forever. Andrew Vavra, Emmy Marrier, uh, Logan Blade Hinners, and <laughs> our. Uh, our producer and videographer extraordinaire, Jake Schiller. So we're on the second floor of the Super 8 in Pierre, South Dakota. Right off the main strip. Right off the main strip, right off the main drag. It's happening here. So, uh, it, and one thing, um, so if you're ever in room 217, we've been here. I Things guess we, have happened. Yes. Good conversations. Um, thing I like about this hotel, it's it's probably billed as a two-star hotel. That's fine. I like hotels that are dog-friendly. So we have, we also have in the room Aspen and Bo, uh, Labrador Retrievers. They're zonked out from a hard day of hunting. If you hear snoring, it's the dogs. It's not us. Um, just, a, just a pet peeve of mine when I go on trips, whether it's hunting or fishing or camping, or, you know, we're not camping, but hunting and fishing, you, you look on like Airbnb or these vacation rental sites, and they say like, "Oh, come enjoy the hunting and fishing," but then they're not like dog friendly. Like, who goes hunting without their dog? Really bugs me. I like when places are dog friendly. That's what I'm getting at. So the 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 this is a dog friendly hotel, and we've seen a lot of dogs coming through here. Oh, a, a ton of dogs. And like the strange part about traveling with dogs, well, at least for me, is she's not allowed on the furniture at all in my house. <laughs> Like, don't even look at the couch. Yeah, the cat can go up there all to hunt. Okay, I just divulged the fact that I have a cat. But anyways, the, 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 the second <laughs> that she gets into a hotel room, she is on that bed. She doesn't even hesitate. It's like, how do you know? I think they feel like they earned it. Oh, like they, just, they just don't even yep. care. They're like, oh, yep, this they is mine. Know. They've earned it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to be a, a couple doors down, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my bed with three dogs tonight. So they're <laughs> they're kind of space invaders. They're um, sharing the bed with you. That that's how that's working. I got I got one snuggler, and then two like expanders. You know, so do you know what I mean by yeah. that? I mean like which do you prefer? Uh, I prefer the snugglers. I'm a snu- I, I'm a snuggler. I like to curl up and be in my spot. But um, it's the two younger dogs that are going to be there, and they just you know I'm going to wake up with. What, are, what what size beds are these queens yeah queen bed i'm gonna have like like 12 percent of it and the other two dogs are gonna be taking up the other 88 but that's all right they they did more work than i did today so anthony hawk is a snuggler all right yes learn something today well speaking of work we put in some work today <laughs> didn't we we, we did. uh just just to kind of tee it up a little bit um brief recap if you're just joining us Pheasants Forever's Rooster Road Trip. It's our ninth annual public habitat and public access tour. There's a correction there. Yeah, if we we may have put eight out, we can't count. Uh, you, you lose you lose track of things on opening. Don't say we. That's a you. We lose track of things on opening weekend in opening week pheasant hunting in South Dakota. But it is is it is our ninth event. We've used our fingers and counted up to nine and double checked that about six or seven times. So uh, either way, we've been doing it a long time, better part of a decade, right? It was, it was our friends at Brownie and they're like, guys, are, are, are you sure you've only been doing this eight years? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, 
should probably do the math yep. on that. Yep. So we got that squared away, and we kicked it off today doing something that um, m- maybe is a bit off the beaten path for a pheasant hunter uh, by going West River, South Dakota. Um, it's not to say that it hasn't been done before. <laughs> there's probably there's lots of people that do it, but uh, you know the the bulk of the pheasant hunting in this state does take place east of the river. But we uh, and we've we've been here before and done a fair amount of hunting east of the river and along the river on the east side. But we ventured about an hour west toward Midland, South Dakota, and we started our day by we kind of had you know you look at apps and maps in your atlas. We had a big walk-in area circled, and it looked great. And and then we got there what we thought was going to be about a half hour ahead of time to get everything ready. And it was kind of a bust. <laughs> well, that that's putting it gently. I mean, should we, should we tell the whole story? I mean, okay. So Matt Morlock has been on this podcast previously. Twice. Right? Yes. So, so Matt's out here too. And although this isn't his backyard, he knows enough about the area to where he's like, you guys should go and, and check out this area. I, I know there'll be some birds out there for you. It's cool country. It's different. So there's plenty of space. Like you're not going to get, um, you're not you know, going elbow to elbow with other hunters. Exactly. Your dogs can run, you can breathe fresh air, all that good stuff. So we're thinking, Ooh, okay. Yeah. This is, this is, this is going to be awesome. Like we're, we're pretty amped to get out there. And we rolled up to the, the first kind of corner of the walk-in area. And we all just kind of like had this moment of, Oh no, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> this is it. Okay. Well let, let's, let's go, let's go North. And because it's so big, you big drive area. for for ten yeah. minutes and couple, just stare out the right side of your window, couple, and you're still looking sections. at it. Yep. And it was it was hayed, it was grazed, all the crops were out, and it was there was nothing. And all no. of a sudden, you get this feeling like I just got dropped off on the moon. I don't know where I am. Where are my parents? Yeah. Hello, help. <laughs> what They're are we going to do? Cows <laughs> and you forgot about the animals as well. Well, we. We didn't really have a backup plan. Exactly. That, that's so it, we're stranded. I guess you know uh, that's um, you know for those listening. I guess we didn't we didn't heed our own advice. We usually have a plan B or plan C, and I kind of just banked on that. And and so you know rule number one have, have those backup plans, and we didn't. So we had to scramble. I will say this, I you know this is something I I think like a lot of serious long-time upland hunters have encountered, particularly the last decade as, you know, habitat has changed and, um, you know, there's been droughts and then thing, you know, things happen. I mean, these, these are private lands that are enrolled in access. So this stuff happens that, mm-hmm. you know, landowners get a right to make their living first and I can deal with that, but that's not to say we can't be disappointed. It's just, it's, it's disappointing to dry, you know, we, you've traveled, eight hours and then you drive another hour and and your hopes are high and then and you think you think you're going to have what's you know hundreds to if not a couple thousand acres of just bird bird habitat to bust and 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 then it just like there's nothing there so but you you can't sit and dwell on that (laughs) it's big country and there are other other dots in the map so then we uh we retooled well yeah i mean i'm the perpetual optimist and so I, I took out the atlas again and noticed that there's another fairly large complex just uh, a bit further west. It was maybe another 10-minute drive. That's it. 
Um, it's almost a straight shot, in fact, so it couldn't have been any easier for us. But when we uh, rolled up to that piece, it was almost kind of reaching Valhalla. It was like, wait, are, are we sure this is it? We can hunt this? And, you know, we kept driving and we pulled up to an SUV, you know, with Georgia plates. And you see a, one person kind of walking the field with two black labs way off in the distance. And it's like, we're here. This, 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 this is true. We can do this. Um, He's been there before. He's been to that spot before. Oh, for sure. He he was the only person there. He knew what he was doing. Basically, it was just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres of Milo, and then it was these these fields were interconnected with these these woody draws. Now that some of them even had cattails in them, which I wasn't expecting in that arid of an environment. So just pulling up to it, it instantly went from what are we going to do to oh yeah, we planned this. This is where we want to be. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like an upland dreamscape. Yeah. Uh, and then once we got in there, um, you know, you just, you always, you always get this first, first glance at the road and it's like, oh, that's good. But then you got to verify it when you step in and there were, uh, you know, that, that, that woody brush, there were a lot of like, there I mean, it was, they weren't it. trees. It was yep. like, you know, we're, we're, we're talking more like shrubs and, and small conifers and there were a lot of berries, you know, ground berries, uh, brush berries. And, you know, this is grouse country. We saw, you know, by one of the signs, we saw some, some sharp tail feathers. So, you know, it, it's, it's grouse country. But you're still wondering, like, okay, are there, are there roosters here? And we make our way through the first draw. And, you know, we're kind of wondering just where to turn, what to do. Part of it was just a little grazed. And... I hadn't hopped the fence yet and the dogs kind of, I lost sight of them a little bit and out went a rooster, you know, shot fired. And it's like, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's birds here. There's, there's a couple of birds so here. I felt a little bad about that. That, that one's on me, but, uh, well, you, you mentioned kind of the dogs getting out. There was a, there was a new dog in the field today, a, a, a nice long flowing black coated flat coat, black coated flat coat. Like that. I mean, <laughs> it works. I do. Lux. Yes. He cyclops himself, marble eyes actually still. He might have a glint. And he actually made two very nice retrieves as we continue on into the story. Yeah, so he's, what is he, four? Three. Three, three years old. Uh, we were out here uh, hunting over the weekend, but Lux was on the shelf um, nursing, me- on the mend with an eye injury, but he was cleared to go today. And... Uh, and and I can't think of a better spot for him to do it. He was happy as can be. Our only issue with dogs was those sand burrs once you hit the Milo. Yeah, th- that <laughs> that's kind of I guess um, we've kind of understated that part. That was <laughs> that was a bit discouraged. That you know the one drawback to this area. I, you know I've never really Andrew and I have hunted in. Um, Nebraska and Kansas and encountered sand burrs there mm-hmm. and, and this yeah. environment we're in I guess did it did seem it does seem much more like in common with those areas than it does just the other side of the river in places I've never encountered them in South Dakota but yeah that's uh, was a little a, a little frustrating because uh, I don't think anyone else I have dog boots but I certainly didn't have them on the dog and they're just sitting in the truck as we've you know meandered an hour away and no one else had them, and that boy, um, they got they got you. I mean, 
every single dog was just doing its best to rip him out every time he looked down. And then there were a few times where I'd look over look over to my left and I'd see Logan literally like gnawing on his, his palm, like doing like yeah. his best Aspen <laughs> impression, just trying to like pull it out <laughs> with his yeah. teeth. They got we, me good. I still got some marks. <laughs> so we kind of, we stuck to the, the interspersing draws, uh, you know, that, that cut through all these fields of Milo. And, and we got to the end of one and, and about a two, two dozen birds, pheasants boiled out of it. Um, and went out into the Milo and it's probably is the type of field, you know, we, I think we all prefer hunting in small groups and we had a relatively small group today and, and that's our preference. But this is one of those situations where a few times in my life, I, I kind of wished we had a bunch of blockers and posters just, you know, the, it was the type of Milo where the birds were just going to be running and running. And mm-hmm. I thought, man, are we going to be able to corner one? And, uh, and then, you know, I, I didn't even know if we were going to be able to go in there with, with all these sandburrs and the issues we were having. But um, thankfully, I think what happened is that, you know, that one <laughs> that one bird flushed, uh, and I did get a shot at it and just wasn't able to connect. But the dogs went just bird crazy after that, and I think it kind of overrode whatever pain they were feeling in their paws. And, and, mm-hmm. and then we marched uh, into the Milo, and, and I think, you know, just – the combination of hunters and, and dogs working, we kind of probably just cornered one in there. And did, did that come up off a dog, or did that just get up wild? They were very birdy right by me. Um, my, my younger spaniel, Smidge, was going nuts, and so I was on, like, red alert. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm always on red alert when I'm hunting, but it was like, you know, uh, this was like hunt for red October, like, just to the max. So the bird got up. So he, you, you totally redeemed yourself. I did. I did. Uh, it, you know that that kind of quarter and away shot, which is a personal favorite of mine. It's just kind of that that trap sh- trap shooting. You know, just it feels good. It's a smooth, just a slight swing, and he dropped. And you know, it is we call that a no doubter. Yeah, <laughs> and well, the thing that I enjoyed about it, I guess. Well, Lux made a great retrieve. Let's let's just you know he he dropped a little ways out and and uh, you know that's got to feel good for him and you after being injured for a couple weeks here and and being out here in your first trip in South Dakota and um but uh, uh, we do in Minnesota a lot of a lot of what I call cattail pounding <laughs> right like the only Milo you see in my home state is like. If you went to like a game farm, basically, or a preserve, yeah, it's all. Food so plot. this is just like it's very new. It's like new country for me. I mean, I, I just don't hunt in that kind of habitat. And it's sunny. It's sixty-five. I'm in South Dakota. There's probably not another person within a couple miles of us. It's like, damn, this feels good. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it feels good to be on the board with you know a public access bird, which is what you know we came here and. Uh, to showcase so yeah that was that was uh, a pretty fun moment we didn't we weren't able to pin the rest so they're they're out there for you there's a lot of birds out there (laughs) there's a lot of birds out there Um, one thing that we did this was uh, maybe I didn't have enough coffee this morning but because we did drive West River um, we had a time change (laughs) and so we're actually we all forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And so we're driving out there and it's like, Oh, you know, by the time we get back, we're going to lose an hour. And so like, 
our day was all of a sudden just booked with like hunting and driving you know there was not going to be any, any break oh yeah because we already had plans on, on hunting a, a game production area t- this evening that we had done a we'll, we'll call it a little pre-scouting if you will over mm-hmm. the weekend over opening weekend and uh we kind of got caught with our pants down a little bit over the weekend uh the way we hunted it and we were convinced if we could make it back to that field for the golden hour we'd do it the right way yeah. and we'd succeed now did that happen yeah, well, the best laid plans, as they say, and, <laughs> you know, we, we had, I, it's, it's frustrating. You think like, well, we saw two dozen birds come out of this food plot and we'll, we'll send people down and push the birds into it and, and have a poster in the right spot. And <laughs> you just have to laugh, I guess you, you, you don't think you're going to go from 24 to zero. Or yeah, whatever I, it is. But I, that, I was completely shocked. That's that's what we did. We pushed absolutely zero birds out of that, which, you know, the dogs are birdie the whole time. They were, you know, so we were just, the birds have figured this game out real quick this year. I, I mean, I don't know if, if evolution is happening, just it's picking up its pace. They just breed real strong runners out here. Or what it is, but, you <laughs> know, there, there, there is a resident opener here, and so the birds, you know, they've, they've been pushed that weekend, and I guess we're into three days of the most probably heavily hunted days of the season. So they get, uh, um, you know, they kind of go from, like, uh, one-room schoolhouse to Mensa level like that, mm-hmm. and... They were just running and running and running, and the dogs were birdie for what seemed like an hour, and we'd flush just a couple of hens, and uh, and then our friend, our friend Blade, once we made the turn and what went out to the grass, Logan Hinners, um, well, why why don't why don't it's just kind of set this. I'll set the stage. We're we're working some grass, and uh, the dogs have been birdie. They're chasing. They're chasing. They're chasing. And then just nothing happens, and we well, well that one rooster got up. Yeah, one one rooster way just, up in front of us, and I I think that's one of the birds the dogs were working real hard and, again, just outrunning us. Yep, and we tried to work them to this this corner grass where uh, it just ended, and you feel like it's just a pinch point, and then nothing happens, and we take take a little break to water, water dogs. Break, yep. We're not being remarkably quiet at that point we're chit-chatting and game planning and then why don't you why don't you run us through that and that's that's usually when that happens um (laughs) we've seen it before you know fortunately enough i was able to to get swung fast enough it kind of caught me off guard um i mean we stopped for five what five minutes about probably that yeah yeah because we need to figure out a new plan there's a new food plot to go target new plan we're assessing we're we're checking our time figuring out where to go giving the dogs water um, yeah, this bird sitting, and, the, and this bird is thirty, forty yards from us the whole if, time. If that, yeah. I would say twenty. Yeah, <laughs> I would <laughs> I mean, say right twenty. There. And I, I think I had just literally closed my, you know, closed my gun, and I heard that shot. I didn't hear him get up. I mean, he. So it's just funny, like the birds were dealing with a running, 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 just just an old South Dakota track meet, and. And what? then, and the one we find just just sits, just he was right on the edge. So I think what like happened a gargoyle was statue. We yeah, got him pinched in that corner, and you know there was there was that transition from decent cover to where there was really no cover, and he he kind of hung up there and was just sitting, and for you know he held tight. 
that's that's what we needed one bird to finally hold tight that's what we got yeah so, so that that and uh it made a nice shot well first shot was ugly but i connected on the we're in the res- we're in the results business logan that's so right. you made a nice it's a, shot it's a bird in the bag um you know as they it, you, you've heard this old saw before but uh, uh, as our friends at Federal Ammunition would say, keep shooting, they'll make more. They love that stuff. So uh, it was nice nice to get a golden hour. It was just a beautiful evening. It's gorgeous. I mean, this is the – It's it was a little hot during the day. I don't think that's helped some of the hunting. You know, it was 70, 71 or 72 degrees yesterday during the heat of the day. And you can't start till noon here. I think we've covered that, but just for the point of clarification – and then today it got, you know, 66 was mm-hmm. was what my thermometer read. It cooled down a little in the evening. Um, and that made for, it makes for nice evenings. Beautiful evenings. Beautiful evenings. But that yep. heat of the day is definitely just a bit, you know, it's not too bad, I think, for us. But for the dogs, mid-60s is, um, they can, they just tire out fast. You can see it. Yeah. For sure. So. If we were smart, we'd probably wait and. Just hunt, you know, from three to six thirty or whatever, you know, sundown is, and just one big swoop. But we're not that smart, yeah. and, and well, we need to make sure we can find some birds. We need to yeah, check out a couple I, different properties. I would be, um, I guess that the 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 noon start time. I would be an advocate. I consider it like a blue law, so I would <laughs> I would be like, let's change. I'd be an advocate. I'd be an advocate of maybe opening weekend starting it at noon and then uh um you know maybe 10 a.m the regular start time by but when the week starts um it probably won't change i'll just i figured i'd throw my two cents out there uh traditions kind of tradition um but that aside it just the reality is it just makes for kind of an an odd start time and because if if i was gonna like pick three hours to not hunt pheasants it'd probably be noon to three Absolutely. You, you can't just sit in your <laughs> you hotel know? room or sit in your truck and wait for those hours to pass by no, either. You no. just, you just, you're itching to get going. Yeah. Yeah. You've traveled a long way. Um, every, a lot of people out here have traveled that far. So you, you're going to hunt. It mm-hmm. just, well, it's public uh, land too. So you want to see multiple parcels. Yeah. If I drove out to South Dakota, I don't want to pick one parcel a day. Mm-hmm. Yep. I want to at least hunt two spots and check them out. It's hard to justify that. You're right. So you just you just get after it, but that it makes it a bit of a challenge, particularly a year like this where there's still a lot of standing crops, and then it's warm. But you just got to roll with it. We're seeing birds. We're seeing a lot of birds. Yes, yes, we are. So, well, we were talked a little about Lux uh, getting his first mouthful of feathers in South Dakota, but this is this is also also your first trip. Uh, season, to South yeah, Dakota. He's so, been out for three weeks. So well, I mean, just your first time in South Dakota, right? Too. Hunting yep. in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. So what? I mean, as a as a new about here, you know, everybody hears about it, but what what are some of like your kind of impressions? It's a thing. That's the most impressive <laughs> oh, part. No, it's spreading. It's a thing. <laughs> it is. There are roosters everywhere. When you go, you see it. Like the lifestyle component of it is very obvious. And I haven't encountered that in Minnesota specifically. Going west today, that looked like Nebraska. I mean, I literally saw a cactus and we saw a pronghorn. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and cattle, it's crazy. That was a too. huge buck. 
by the way. Yes. <laughs> I forgot to ask I don't you guys know why we about didn't pull that. Over. <laughs> I, f- I thought you guys would have maybe tried to photograph or I film thought it, but so that, too. that was a huge buck. I used to guide for him when I say he was easily in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. 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 He was a shooter. All right. Well, I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm glad. It's good to know that I'm, you know, I can size up <laughs> antelope on the hoof like you, Logan. Feels good. But yes, that was like Nebraska, which I wasn't expecting in South Dakota either. I'm curious what going east of that'll be more like Western Minnesota, which is what I have hunted for two seasons now. So my comfort zone, but the noon thing throws me off. You don't get as much time and I want to keep covering ground and seeing more locations. Then definitely just driving and actually seeing the groups of people that are pushing private land too. I'm driving out in Minnesota. I don't see as many groups. Usually they might be doing a deer drive or something because I hunt early November. But it's a social aspect for sure here. And it's just groups of people and they're out and they're out pheasant hunting. And that's really cool to see. Yeah, we got dinner at DQ tonight and I didn't bother changing out of anything. I was, I'm still decked out in blaze orange. I just felt right at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, I'm in downtown pier. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a thing. It's, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> Welcome hunters on every business door. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. cool. And it's pheasants that are plastered over it. It's not deer hunters. In Minnesota, usually it's deer hunters that you see that towards. But it's pheasant hunting here. Oh, it feels good to be a part of it. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, everywhere you go, that's, um, that's, everyone's got blaze orange on and that's what everybody's talking about too. I mean, it's been hard for us to, <laughs> it was hard for us to even get to dinner, uh, tonight. Cause you know, you stop to get ice and water or whatever. And it's, you know, how's the hunting going? How many birds you seen? Um, and, and you could, you could probably spend your whole day just talking. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Everybody wants to talk about their dog. They want to know what you're running. They want to know how many birds you've seen. You know, in a very vague sense, where were you hunting? They'll kind of give you this look like, I'll tell you where I was if you tell yeah. me where you were, you know. Uh, so, yeah, the, the conversations outside the Dakota Mart are pretty fun. Although I was feeling very magnanimous tonight. Um, and, and the guys that we did talk to at the Dakota Mart, yeah. maybe they'll listen to this. They they had some familiarity with the rooster road trip. They were very nice guys. They traveled from uh, Kansas where the season isn't open. They, they've been coming up here for a dozen years and uh, um, they're hunting public land, publicly accessible land, just like we are uh, just like a lot of us do out here. And they were, they had a good, good weekend, but they were looking for a new spot. And so the walk-in area that um, we were at today, uh, we just basically circled it and gifted it to them and said, have at it, boys. Yeah, they, they had some dog power, it sounded like. So it would be fun to see uh, see those two uh, release all six dogs at once in the <laughs> middle of a Milo field. That, that would be just yeah. like a bunch of popcorn just erupting like in a wave. <laughs> <laughs> and pointers, too, yeah. would be different for yeah. the field. The, the, one, the one gentleman had four German short hairs, I think, and the other guy had pointing two labs. Two labs. Two, yeah. two labs. pointing labs, specifically pointing lab you have to we'll leave that for another day come on well <laughs> yeah hey, Bo's from a pointing lab i know kinda. that's why i looked right so at I, I i could speak to this personally but but i'm not going to now well <laughs> darn <laughs> i thought about that when we were talking about it but i i didn't want to bring it up because i didn't know how you'd feel about it it just it's been we haven't talked about it for a long time yeah um Back when, you know, when I got her eight and a half years ago, I thought I was going to be the best of both both worlds. Mm-hmm. And at first it was. 
Uh, but me being my being in my mid and early 20s, I had this revelation that instead of spending hours and hours and hours training this dog to point, that I just wanted the meat. And she was really good at finding birds. And she would just charge straight through them. So I was like, this is, this is your thing. This is what you do. And we're having fun. And I don't care. <laughs> so I, I, I guess um, there's probably a lot of people cursing at me out, out there if in the pointing lab world. It does exist. It's a fun community. I've, I've gone to those trials. She actually got her uh, APLA certified. So, yes, I, I did do oh. some work with her. But over time, you, you build this relationship with your dog, right? And you kind of figure each other out. And we both just love going after them at a hundred miles an hour. And I don't want to stop and she doesn't want to stop. And that's kind of the fun. It's kind of like the, the extra energy, like when her nose is on the ground, she's kind of doing this little, this little hop thing with her back legs, just, just cruising down a field. Like, I don't want her to like feel like she needs to like start creeping. It's like, no, blow that thing up. Let's go. <laughs> Your pace. Well, I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy to hear that, you know, as a dyed in the wolf flusher guy, we'll always welcome you back into our world with arms wide open. Well, I'm sniffing around a Brittany now, <laughs> so don't, don't speak too soon. We'll see. Well, it's going to be so intriguing. Can he actually hunt behind a pointer? I'm trying to, I was trying to think of, I try to be like a master of like analogies and comparisons and stuff, but I'm struggling here. It's like, if you're a pointing, if you're a pointing lab and you fail at that and then you're a flusher, it's like, well, you're still awesome. <laughs> you like, you failed at what you were. Were you a C student? You sound like a C student. <laughs> you, you, you failed. Well, you're justifying bad grades, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. But I mean, Bo's a good dog. Yeah, she's a great she's dog. A great she's dog. a great dog. But she doesn't do what she was like what you thought she was going to do. Oh, yeah. Well, she did it. I just stopped bringing it out. And she was it was at a, a very important age to like keep hammering those points home in terms of just developing that skill set. It's a skill set. But I was like, man, we're knocking birds down. This is fun. Let's keep going. <laughs> like a, and so I just wasn't the right owner at that time. And now I do want to cross over, if you will, into the pointing realm uh, on a stricter sense if, just because every time we get out west in like the national grasslands and West River of Pierre, like that's some amazing country. And I just love the sense of freedom to be able to just walk those public lands. And I want a, like a slightly bigger running dog that can handle the heat a little better and lock in on a, a flock of 20 Sharpies. Like that's, that's kind of what I go to bed dreaming of now. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I think there'll be it's a bit a more. There's been a lot of talk of it this yeah, trip. Yeah, I think there'll be a bit more strict so on far. That. So when I see it, I might be like, ah, that's the dark side. You don't know till you know. <laughs> yep. I, I really thought we were going to see some grouse today. Yeah, I once mean, I that, saw the berries on those bushes, it's like, oh, we're going to get into them. I wish. And when I, saw I the, want to see that. When I, saw the, when I saw those feathers, it was like somebody beat us to it. So there's somebody else who knows about that walking area. Yep. I mean, it's us, it's Dakota Mart guys. We didn't even get their names. <laughs> they have well, our business we're, card. We were, we were too busy talking talking shop. That's how fun it is. Like, nobody even cares. It's just everybody wants to talk shop, and I love it. Yeah, it was good. Well, they yeah, they were kind of uh, uh, sniffing around, like, spots, and we gave them one. But they're, they're staying within an hour of pier it sounded like but we're gonna we're gonna bust out of here tomorrow yeah um where are we going 
<laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> we should so, probably pull out a map and figure that out. Well, I do know this. We're not switching time zones, Brilliant. which is which is good. That'll make the day go a little bit smoother. I've got that one. For, you know, maybe. Well, generally speaking, for, maybe for beat, the listeners maybe, at home, what what region are, are we going to be at when they're listening to this? I feel like I'm already a B student by getting that time time change thing <laughs> figured out, you know. C's get degrees. I was a very good student, for the record. I could. Pr- I, I believe you. I could, pushed a button kinda. right there. <laughs> you, He's right back to it. Well, I could produce transcripts if uh-huh. I had to. Okay, it wouldn't be that hard. But we don't need to. We don't need to go there. We are going to go pheasant hunting tomorrow, um, and so we're gonna we're gonna go up some into some country that uh, I'm I'm a bit more familiar with. Um, my first taste of South Dakota pheasant hunting started in uh, when I was a teenager. Uh, my dad and one of his buddies and I would go uh, out to Hoven and Tolstoy, uh, which are a couple pretty small towns in, you know, I call it like north central South Dakota. Um, if, you, if you find Gettysburg on the map and keep going north of there, maybe a little, little uh, east You'll find Tolstoy is, that might be 50 people. I don't know. It's not very big. Hoven is a little more sizable, has a high school, that type of thing. But um, we'd go out there, and that was our annual South Dakota pheasant hunting trip. And the bird numbers at that time were, it's like the stuff that, you know, like old timers or glory days people talk about, right? It was. I mean, it was just, it was so amazing I grew up in pheasant country in Minnesota, but it was, you know, that's where, that's where I grew to love South Dakota pheasant hunting. And we had a private land connection at the time, but what I've continued to do is when I get out that direction, there's some incredible public land or publicly accessible land in, in that area. Um, walk-ins, some very nice waterfall production areas. So buy your duck stamps. They grow ducks, but they grow pheasants too and plenty of them. Yeah, they do. So we're gonna we're gonna venture up um, that direction and uh, see what we can find and and um, you know it's just I'm excited to show you guys some of it because I've I've been out there with um, a couple of a couple other uh, colleagues and friends and stuff but you know it's kind of one of those things where you get a, you get to show off a little bit like I know this place you know I've been here before this is a cool spot you'll love it um, I mean. So like today we went to a, we went to a place and it was just like all brand new, yep. which I love doing. But tomorrow could be a little. We might do some seeking, you know. But we might visit a couple of my, you know, a couple of my uh, favorite public land haunts, and uh, that I would classify as proven producers. I'm okay you know? with that. I'm not going <laughs> to fight you on that one. You know, some of those places that like year in year out, just high quality habitat, have birds. Um, and and you have to have a few of those kind of in your staple, I think, on a trip. Um, What's your prediction for tomorrow? Let's hear it. <sighs> I'm not you on know, the spot. No, it's all right. I'm not going to be that guy that just like you know doesn't say anything. I I think we I think we're gonna I think we're gonna go uh, two birds per person tomorrow. I have high Oof. hopes. I have high I, hopes. I hope you're right. That sounds so. Like, I'm looking at I'm looking excellent. for six to eight birds. Solid. You know, one thing, you, you know, not not to bore uh, all our listeners with the behind the scenes details, but yeah, when you when you when you got to do some driving and you have to do a little work, yes, it is work. 
but go on the computer and post and write that just can eat part of your day up when, yeah, even we'd rather be hunting. So, um, you know, we don't get to grind it out from like just noon until six forty-five, but we'll get a hunt in from, you know, the first couple hours and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll tidy up the work list and then we'll try to get out for that last two hours. And I feel, I feel that's like reasonable, a reasonable expectation, maybe it. even a goal. We just said it. Goals we are got good. A goal. We have a goal. Look at you. Yep. I'm on board. Yep. And I wouldn't mind, you know, uh, I think my last, the last pheasant that I had from last year is gone in the freezer and I took a couple in to get smoked. Nice. So they're they're not they're they're not in the house. So I could use a little more pheasant for the freezer. That's what I'm saying. We are going to be cooking on this trip. You, you that yep. that's just reminded me of that. We haven't oh, really I'm talked about that a whole definitely lot. Definitely planning on cooking tomorrow. Uh, now that we have a, a few birds in the bag over the past few days, I feel like we can finally and you're, get you're a, cookie, a tailgate. You're cookie, right? Your camp cook. I'll be whatever you you want me to be as long as I get the first dibs on the Ooh. food. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good, man. That, I mean, I hadn't totally spaced on it, but. Uh, Oh yeah, we we've got everything set up. I I bought the ingredients. Don't worry, I got you. Put me on the birds, and I'll I'll cook them. Yeah, that's. I think that I think that's fair. We'll, we'll go back to your roots. You can you can play tour guide. We'll kind of just sit there wide eyed, like oh, we'll he knock down right. a few. He was right. We'll <laughs> knock down a few birds. I'll even clean them for you, Ooh. and then and then and then we'll cook them right up, and it'll be an awesome way to spend the day. That sounds good. You want to. You want to tease us with the recipe, or is it a surprise? Let's let's do the surprise. That's, I, it's that's it's, fine. Gonna, it's gonna be a, a Hank Shaw recipe. I bought all the ingredients for it, but I'll probably go off script a little bit because I was a C student and I just can't follow instructions. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was a good student too, most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Logan, I know you were a good student. It's getting deep in here. <laughs> I, I don't need to ask you. Amy was a yeah. Amy was a good student. Jake, <laughs> Jake's my kind of guy. Producer Jake, we got to get you on. We got to get you on uh, on this a little more. Jake is probably the funniest guy I've ever met. He gets to be my uh, he's my roommate too. So I think I'm gonna have the dog sleep with you tonight. I don't know if there's room on his bed for the dogs because his ego is so big I, i've <laughs> i've been posting photos of him on our instagram story so if you're not following along on instagram go there <laughs> click the stories they'll be there for at least you know 24 hours and i'm kind of showing people behind the scenes like oh this is logan doing his professional job like very well you know here's jake just kind of fumbling through it a little bit and then it's like his his friends are just blowing him up like you're famous you're famous look at you you're doing it it's like all right, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, well we'll actually, you know, one thing that I forgot about today that, um, you know, Jake, Jake came, Jake was probably like, like a nanosecond away from, you know, taking my spot on the trip, and and having to be enlisted as the hunter, as, as a new hunter. I took, you know, I've taken a lot. You mean fall? I, I, I've taken. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't on some like '70s LSD tour or anything like that. We're still just a rooster road trip public public land <laughs> public habitat public access it's a it's um a psychedelic free zone the only colors we see are wild ringnecks but 
I'm walking, you know, I've, I've fallen a lot. I mean, it just happens when you're hunting, right? Mm-hmm. You, you've got, there's, there's holes out there. You snag on one of the zillion miles of barbed wire that still lay around pheasant country, or you hit a stick or a stump. Um, sometimes my dog, you know, my dogs are little ankle biters and I trip over them occasionally when they're <laughs> darting through. I've taken my fair share of spills, but tonight was like, I mean, I thought I broke my ankle when I went down. I mean, it was it was just a brutal spill. Like, I went almost up to my knee in a fox hole or coyote hole. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and down I went. It was like. Even from a hundred yards away, it looked bad. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was pretty nasty. So, um, Jake, that you know, burn that footage. I guess what I'm trying. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is it is st- all on film. Stay ready, man. You know, like <laughs> just you're you're it's, you're the only backup there is. It's the next up mentality around here. Yeah, I mean, I can. I can do a little videography and did a little of that back in the day. That's what I was saying. I was running around with my phone. I'm like, this is easy. This is all you do. <laughs> all right. He's got his 12, 12 bird. We get 12 birds. He has to shoot. No, 11. It's 11. So yep. we, have, we have the goal of eight the tomorrow. Yep. Like we've yeah. set that goal of eight tomorrow. So when people are listening to this, we're, we're hoping for eight, but if we get three more, then Jake gets to hunt. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. So, so stay tuned. I'm trying to think through the catalog of rooster road trip history. There may have been a day in Nebraska where we sh- where we harvested like eight birds for three guys. I thought we had nine from basically a field or two on that trip. Maybe we did. North Dakota a few years back. Was it a limit? Uh, we had. It was close. It was close. Yeah, yeah. real close. So it can be done. We we do. We just haven't done it in doing. South Dakota yet. Kind of. Maybe that's the thing. Yeah. Well, we'll go for that. Got a few more days. We got a few more days. So that's kind of our our game plan. Uh, on the next episode, we'll touch on on the places further east. After that, um, any you know, we talked a little bit about. You know, Amy got to weigh in on on her impressions, but um, as we kind of. Uh, kind of sundown here were there, were there any other impressions you had about uh andrew south dakota opening weekend you you're a regular out here but yeah but yeah i think emmy brought up some really good points about the, the sense of tradition the celebration and just to, to witness that in the hunting community and just kind of see it alive and well on a, a statewide basis it's pretty special um you know, you guys talked about this in the last podcast, but with, with hunter numbers, you know, supposedly dwindling, just to see that in person, it almost kind of reinvigorates your own kind of hunting soul. Like, oh, yeah. I'm not alone out there. There are other people out there, and <laughs> the whole Dakota Mart parking lot's full of them. <laughs> uh, that That's pretty darn special. And then just being able to kind of hunt these, these different varieties of habitats, just depending on if you go west or east river. Uh, so talking pier specifically. Uh, that was pretty neat. You know, go one hour, one direction. It's almost like you're in a desert, you know, then you go an hour, the opposite direction. It's more traditional kind of egg land. Um, but you also touched on the fact that it's, you know, Milo and sunflowers and these different crops that we're not used to. It's not the seven foot tall corn. Um, so it's all rolling, rolling hills and and the topography is beautiful. The golden hours have been some of the most serene and beautiful 
uh, hunts that I've had in a long time. And I guess the, the reason I, I got to sit there tonight and really take that in was because I was kind of volunteered to be the poster when we, when we were kind of pushing <laughs> through this food plot in this public piece. Um, and so I was basically sitting there and, and Jake, <laughs> after that failed attempt, Jake walked up to me. He's like, well, how was that for you? I'm like, well, I, I had a, I had an, a hawk swoop in about 10 yards away. You know, a flock of specks went right over my head. I could hear a rooster cackling about 50 yards behind me. In well, a thick shelter well, belt yeah, where you, where yeah, you could like, get I, at them. If, if I was yeah. deer hunting, I'd say it was an unproductive but really nice sit, <laughs> you know. Um, but the backstory there is uh, my pup, Bo, she's, she's got some tender paws, if you will. Um, so she's being pretty dainty on them after, after hunting all weekend. So here's my question to, to all the people out there that are much smarter than me. If you have any kind of secret elixirs or a salve or, or something to bring my dog's paws back to life over the next four days, you know, in addition to, yeah, I can probably throw in some booties and watch her kick those in 30 yards. But if you have any, any other ideas, you know, to help, you know, will her through this week, I'm all ears. Hit me up on, on Instagram, you know, just send Pheasants Forever message. I'll get it. I'm really curious to to what what people out there might have to say on that. Or if you have any questions in general, maybe we'll get around to them too. I I have dog boots. I don't think they're going to the, – the little spaniel ones will fit, Bull. We can give it a try. But <laughs> this does remind me of like um, – you know, think things that I heard once and tried. <laughs> so I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's good or not, but I put, I heard once that like baby socks were like poor man's dog boots. And so I like, I, I and I used them for a hunt when I went when, on, on Sprig, my older dog, she was, she was maybe two years old. And it was like one of those winter days when I just didn't want like, you know, now I'd, I'd put like, what am I thinking of? Like the, the the dot musher secret. The musher secret. Yep. That's but I stuff. wasn't familiar with that, so I'll use that in winters hunt, winter hunts to prevent like the snow the ice balls forming mm-hmm. in the paws. But I just put baby socks <laughs> and then duct tape them and they worked. I don't know if I don't know if that would work to some somebody she can look ridiculous. She some, won't I don't care. Somebody please corroborate and let me know <laughs> that that they they've heard that or done it themselves or so I'm not like it doesn't seem like I'm that guy who just like dreamed that up myself, like in the middle of the night, and then woke up and put baby socks on my dog. All right, there maybe you have it. maybe I was a C student. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's been a long time and I just don't remember. All right, Logan, how about you? Any, any, uh, any, any South Dakota impressions from a, uh, a first day of the rooster road trip? Um, you know, it's it's been pretty comparable. The last time I was in the Pierre area, um. Bird number wise, I'd say it's, you know, the hunting um, that we've done, you know, has been been similar. Um, I'm personally excited to get kind of over on the east side, um, over in the Huron area. Um, so growing up, that's that's where my family did our trips out to South Dakota. Um, that was kind of our tradition. Em, Emmy and I talked about that on our drive back into town this evening. Um, you know, we'd have the big groups all getting together, the camaraderie, um, doing the big drives. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I grew up, you know, when I was 12, 14. Um, so I'm kind of excited to get back to that area again. It's been a long time. 
Sounds good. We got we we each got our spot then. We do. So at the end of the week, you'll be returning the favor to me then, perhaps. Perhaps. Ask perhaps. him about the popcorn field. That was the cool part of the story. Yeah. So kind of like you were talking, you know, back in the glory days, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was I was fourteen. So Cue the long, Bruce Springsteen. Long time ago, <laughs> but you know, I, I thought it was cool because I could drive the truck across the field and pick everybody up so it's my my chance to get in and drive the truck and i thought i was i was big time um <laughs> driving the truck back and you know i noticed this piece across the way that you know looked like a bunch of birds jumping around and i'd look over there and i'd see more birds and more birds so i got to the group to pick them up at the end of this drive and i pointed this little piece out and everybody's like oh wow yeah there's a lot of birds over there and my uncle john says well we can hunt that so we came up with a plan. I mean, this piece is maybe a size of a football field, right? If that. And we kind of, we had enough guys. We just kind of surrounded this piece and just kind of pushed in. Um, and it, <laughs> I, I've never seen anything like it since, but there had been hundreds of birds in there and they just started pouring out, flushing everywhere. And dogs were going crazy. Shots were ringing out. You know, and I, I think it's safe to say we shot our limit right there in that field. There so, was a moment where someone called out, stop yeah, shooting. Stop shooting. <laughs> let's, let's make sure we're legal or legal here yeah so how many birds do you think came out because I, I just have to ask this is one thing that uh you know as we've been talking people like i've i've done some of it myself you've probably heard my stories like oh the, the other night i think we saw 40 birds or today it's like yeah i think two dozen birds boiled out the end of that you know that draw and it's like how how good are we at like um size estimating i think we're spot on we don't miss anything no no it's like no. trump's inauguration or something like oh i was only off by a billion people or something like that i don't know well i, I think we're in the ballpark <laughs> i i think so i'd like to think so but we're, I, we're realists it's not like it's it's easy when it's like a dozen or two dozen i guess i'm just saying like when you get like a mass flush you know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, it was just steady for like yeah. five minutes, just birds pouring out of this place. Like it was, it was just an incredible. Right? Scene. Like, how does your brain just settle on like? Yeah, I think that was 300. <laughs> it just seemed. <laughs> then that it way. becomes like fa- lore, but, and then fact, <gasps> and then it's like told generations to generations. When like, you can reload your multiple gun, times. Yeah, I was yeah. like, excuse me. <laughs> it was yeah. that that good. That's good. Well, Jake, what's up? Your turn. You've been the man behind uh, a couple of lenses. Well, maybe the same lens, but you're a multifaceted guy, and you do videography and, fo- like, still photography, and you do it very well. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, it, it's been a pleasure to ride Rooster Road Trip style with you again. But, you know, this is – is this your first time in South Dakota? Like pheasant hunting? Wild birds, a, yes. Yeah. Yep. Did so, the corporate, corporate partner hunt last year, but that was a little bit different. This yeah. Is well, give, give me, uh, you, you know, you've you've had the opportunity to soak up uh, a few days of South Dakota pheasant hunting. Um, I'm curious about your impressions because you're, you're kind of like Emmy. You're on, uh, you know, I, I this is probably like maybe my 25th trip to South Dakota. I know Andrew's got a bunch. Logan's got a tradition, but... You guys are on the other side of the spectrum where, you know, it's like her first trip and like your second trip and kind of like a pheasant capacity. So it's it's fun to just kind of hear the different uh, perspectives that people have. 
Well, um, I've been out here before deer hunting. I was in the Aberdeen near Aberdeen area with a buddy of mine. We were out bow hunting. And so that was my first trip actually to South Dakota in general. And the birds, I got frustrated with pheasants back then because I was trying to walk to my deer blind. <laughs> and I was trying to be stealthy moving through the Milo, getting to the deer blind. And about 100 pheasants got up on the way there. And guess what came out with all the pheasants? All the deer. So, sure it was about 100, though. Oh, yeah. We don't miss. <laughs> well, I call, call myself one realist. of us now. No, no. So I it's mean, probably about 20, 25, It was nothing. Thousands. No, it was nothing but sorghum. They'd be getting up left and right, left and right. And this was only three, four years ago. So, I mean, that was my first trip to South Dakota. And after about a year of filming pheasant hunting, you know, a little over last year, Rooster Road Trip, I was just new to the organization and had not filmed any bird hunting to that point but after about a year of doing it i feel like i got it in the bag i know what i'm doing i know where to stand know where to film know how to get the best shots but man am i struggling this year like this year <laughs> this year was a road trip we flushed a good number of birds but i cannot seem to get one on camera nothing Nothing pretty well, enough to my standards yet. And I've, I'm, don't get me wrong, there's birds, there's hens, there's stuff. We have footage. But I want to see that big blow up right in front of Andrew and then not watch him miss one more time. Because. <laughs> the best part is he just handed his mic off so he can't even defend himself. He can't. He's just over there like a wounded puppy. Like. <laughs> so, is that, well, is that going to make a cut? <laughs> What does that mean? Oh, the miss? I like I said, I, I barely even got that one on footage. Oh. I mean, it's it's there. Well, but. in your defense, you informed us today that uh, I'm almost embarrassed to say this a little bit because it's so ingrained in like pheasant culture. You know, you, you mean we're we're a hundred years in here in South Dakota, and I think like even that first year in what was it? 1918, 1919. Whatever it was. The root beer. The root beer. <laughs> that it is good root beer too. It is. Um and I would know I love root beer, but uh that, that even that first year, like the the first guy who went pheasant hunting in South Dakota, like the bird got up and he was probably like, Rooster <laughs> Right? You know, and then it just like started and it was handed down decade after decade. We're not yelling rooster. Yeah, that's a problem. That is a problem. I mean, some of those birds that got up today, if I just would have heard, as soon as you see that bird, I wish and it wasn't rooster. I wish, like, there was a videographer call. Like, we should make our own little call <laughs> just for bird in general so I know that something's moving because I can't always hear those. Yeah. Well, I guess I was trying to rack my brain and just figure out, like, why I haven't been. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I... I you normally do, don't you? And you well, just, I like, have, but I think I think you know outside of this trip, I do so much hunting like solo or just with maybe like one other person, very small group, and even then I'm not like I'm not always in like contact with them. You know, I'm a, I'm a follow the dog hunter, right? Like, and I think all of us are. I think in this room you have a dog and, and, and you create that bond and so like yeah you're walking in a line but sometimes if they veer off you just go after them and then when it's just you and the dog i don't need to yell rooster for the dog he doesn't speak english <laughs> this is true this is true you know he well, need, i mean they i'm here you got to be cognizant of my presence well i'm an, <laughs> <laughs> well, well we'll try Remember to work that ego statement that andrew made earlier <laughs> Yeah, 
I'm here, and I'm here for a reason. So let's get it done. Let's get some birds on film, right. and let's drop a few. Huh? Yeah, we have other goals we'll, for tomorrow. We'll do that, and uh, that's the that's the game plan tomorrow. We'll head up towards uh, um, Tolstoy, Hoven, home of the Hoven Steakhouse, at least last time I was there. Maybe it'll still be open. We'll see some birds, and you know what? I'm going to yell rooster. Deal? Good. I hope so. And are you going to be the first one to drop one, like you called out today? Remember I asked you? Well, I said, I said, Anthony, who's going to be the first one to shoot a rooster today? Who's your money on? He goes, it's me, of course. And I did say that. Well, <laughs> before I sound like I have an ego. Not, the, oh, yeah, so now we're talking about egos. Before I, before I seem like I have an ego the size of you, uh, I'd just like to just qua- draw a quick, like, uh, you know, rooster road trip t- timeline. Like that first year I was on the rooster road trip, I didn't even have a dog. And it was like, you remember how Andrew was talking about how it wasn't all that fun, like, posting? He was kind of just nature observing, he felt like, (laughs) right? A naturalist, so to speak. Um, That's kind of how I felt on that first hunt because, like, these guys, like, Andrew, Bob St. Pierre, Pheasants Forever's Bob St. Pierre. uh, Pheasant Bob. Pheasant Bob on Instagram. Those guys, those guys had dogs and they just cleaned up. And I was just like out, like jealous. I I was jealous. I was bitter. You know, it proved to be a catalyst for me to like hurry up and get my dog. But when you said, when you said who's going to get the first bird, I said me because I have two dogs. I have the most dogs. This is true. You did say that. So that I was just kind of putting the putting the odds. Like, I think a practical bet, betting yep. man would have just said, "Well, he's got two pretty good dogs. We'll just put the money on him." So there that's that. Go. Let's yell rooster tomorrow and get after it, all right? Sounds good. All right. Thanks for listening.